0: I want everyone to watch the next video before you start your reading. Video 5, https: U2.b slash 3da 25 Juke 8, Bible Project, Messiah. A, the Torah, Genesis, Deuteronomy. God is all-knowing, omniscient, all-powerful, omnipotent, and everywhere all at once, omnipresent. God knew from eternity past that Adam, Eve would betray him in the Garden of Eden, based on Satan slash Lucifer's lie. God already had a plan to take care of the sin that entered the world and death through sin that also entered the world. Nothing takes God by surprise. God begins to explain that plan in Genesis 3. After cursing the serpent in Genesis 3:14, God said. Genesis 3:15, And I will make enemies of you and the woman, and of your offspring, seed, and her descendant, seed, he shall bruise, crush, you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. This is the first prophecy in the Bible given by God in the Garden of Eden after the disobedience of His creation, mankind. God is still talking to Satan and telling him what He will do when the seed or promised one comes. This verse sets the tone for what Messiah was going to do and the reason why He came. This verse also sets up the spiritual warfare found in the Bible in the Ark of the historical narratives. Satan has always tried to destroy the seed and keep him from being born, from living, from his ministry, and from fulfilling what God said he was coming to do. God talking to Satan says he, God, will make the woman and him enemies. Why? Because it was going to be through a woman the promised Messiah would come. We see that Satan has an offspring or seed. This is not literal in this context, but only in a spiritual sense, although there were, are, and will be those who were, are, and will be empowered by Satan himself to try and destroy what God is doing. Satan's influence is seen throughout history and will continue to grow before the return of Jesus. While Satan's seed is spiritual, We read that Eve's descendant or seed is physical. How do we know the difference? Because God says He shall crush or bruise the head of the serpent one day. There will be a man, who comes from the woman that will destroy the work and power of Satan. It is also important to note that in the Bible, the seed always comes from the male. When God refers to the seed of the woman, or her offspring, it is a veiled reference to the virgin birth. In addition, this bruising is important as well. To crush the head of the serpent is to deal it a fatal blow but to bruise the heel of someone is not a fatal blow. What does this mean? While there will be pain, and potentially more, the result will not be fatal. Thus, we have the crucifixion, and the resurrection. The cross of Christ bruised his heel, but he did not stay dead. Therefore, this verse is the foundation for all other references, types, pictures and more throughout the Old Testament. There are numerous pictures in the life of the Old Testament patriarchs that picture the coming Messiah and some of that has already been mentioned. These include the miraculous birth of Isaac in Abraham's and Sarah's old age. From a medical perspective, she should not have been able to conceive, and give birth to a child at the age of 90. Likewise, Abraham should not have been able to father a child. While it was a natural process for them, it was a supernatural situation for Mary, the mother of Jesus. Then there is the picture of Christ as the sacrifice in Genesis 22. God told Abraham to take Isaac and offer him as a sacrifice. Isaac willingly went and did not struggle as his father prepared to offer him as a sacrifice, just as Jesus willingly gave his life at the direction of the father. The place or area Abraham went, and the place Jesus was crucified was the same place. God stopped Abraham from slitting the throat of his son, and a ram took the place of Isaac. Joseph, as mentioned, is a perfect picture of the Messiah in many ways. But let's move on to some specifics and while there are many prophesies about the Messiah, we can only look at a few examples of those too. In Numbers 22-24, Balak the king Moab, hires a prophet for prophet named Balaam, to curse Israel. He could not do it, for God would not allow him to do so. Rather, blessings for God's people came out, along with an important prophecy about the Messiah in Numbers 24:17, where he said, A scepter shall rise from Israel. A scepter in the ancient world was something only a king would have. This was not just a general statement that a king was coming, but that the ultimate king was coming. This is connected to Genesis forty nine ten, where Jacob blessed Judah and said, The scepter shall not depart from Judah. It was through Judah, that the kingly lineage of David came and that Jesus is the son of David, Matthew 1-1. Fast forward to the time of the Exodus and the Israelites being freed from bondage through the ten plagues. The first was Passover, where a perfect lamb was sacrificed to protect those who took God at His word. After the first generation died off due to unbelief, God, through Moses, reiterated the Mosaic Covenant in the book of Deuteronomy. In chapter 18, Moses said something fascinating. Deuteronomy 18:15, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen, to him you shall listen. Moses said that God was going to raise up or bring them a prophet like him. What does this mean? This prophet will be Jewish, a leader, the initiator or means God will use for a covenant, for Moses was the one whom God chose to give Israel the Mosaic covenant or law. This prophet will go to the people of Israel, like Moses. This prophet will also be the means of judgment on a pagan nation, or pagan nations. There are also parallels with the life of Moses, going to Egypt and coming out, etc. One may ask, why is this important? By the time of Jesus, Moses' statement became a tradition, that the prophet would precede the Messiah. John 1 and so they, priests and Levites, 119, asked him, John the baptizer, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. There was also a belief that Elijah would come before the Messiah. But the prophet is a reference to the Messiah himself. So, the Messiah will be a man, virgin born, whose life will not end ultimately in death, and he will defeat the enemy. He will also be a king with other miraculous events surrounding his life. But he will be hated and betrayed, as pictured in Joseph's life. This Messiah will also be the prophet who will proclaim God's truth. But again, the Messiah will be killed, as the perfect Lamb. God's Lamb in fact, John 1 29. The Messiah will also be a prophet like Moses. Be King David. After Moses died, Joshua took over and led the people into the Promised Land. After Joshua died, it was only a short time, when the people did what was right in their own eyes, because they had no king. They disobeyed God, and God let their enemies overtake them. When they were oppressed, they repented and cried out to God, who sent a judge to save them from their oppressors. The last judge, Samuel, was also a prophet and anointed the first king of Israel, Saul. He began well but failed and the kingdom was taken from him. 1 Samuel 15. God chose David in his place. As you read 1 and 2 Samuel, And parts of 1 and 2 Kings and 1 and 2 Chronicles, you learn about David's early life, sin, struggles, victories, defeats, and the Davidic covenant God made with him in 2 Samuel 7 8 17, where God promised to make David's name great, to establish a place, land, for his people to live in peace, and that one of his descendants or seed would sit on his throne and whose kingdom would be established forever. David was the sweet psalmist of Israel, 2 Samuel 2 1. He united the tribes for the first time. 2 Samuel 5 1-5, 1 Chronicles eleven three, 3. He was also a man of war, one who delivered the Israelites from their enemies, starting with his victory over Goliath, 1 Samuel 17. He was the king, and thus, became the warrior king, and prototype for which all kings after him were compared. The biblical texts refer to a king either walking in the ways of his father David, or not walking in the ways of his father David. In one way, David set the expectations of those who came after him. Including the Messiah. The Jews expected the Messiah to be a warrior king, and at the time of Christ, to free them from the bondage of Rome, as God freed them from Egypt, the Philistines, the Babylonians, Persians, and more. This because of what David and others wrote in the Psalms and Prophets. Many examples could be given, and I've mentioned some already, but I want to include a few next. See Wisdom Literature Psalm 2 2 3 The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, Three let's tear their shackles apart and throw their ropes away from us. Psalm 2 6-9, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. Seven I will announce the decree of the Lord, He said to me, You are my son, today I have fathered you. Eight task it of me, and I will certainly give the nations as your inheritance, and the ends of the earth as your possession. Nine you shall break them with a rod of iron, you shall shatter them like earthenware. Psalm 2 is a royal psalm, and a messianic psalm. Royal psalms were about the King, and messianic psalms, naturally, pointed forward to the Messiah. In verse 2, the word for anointed is, maskech, meaning anointed one, or Messiah. While the word was used in various ways, mainly it was used for the promised Messiah. The Gentile nations will rebel against Him. Yet, God the Father, set His King, ultimately the Messiah, on Zion, or Jerusalem and He will give the Messiah the nations. The Messiah is also called the Son, and He will rule and reign with a rod of iron. Psalm 1813 13-14, The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered His voice, hailstones and coals of fire. 14 He sent out His arrows, and scattered them. And lightning flashes in abundance, and routed them. Psalm 24 8-10, Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. 9 Lift up your heads, you gates and lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of Glory may come in. 10 Who is this King of Glory? The Lord of armies, hosts, He is the King of Glory. Selah. Psalm 110 4-6, The Lord has sworn and will not change His mind, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. 5 The Lord is at your right hand, He will shatter kings in the day of His wrath. 6 He will judge among the nations, He will fill them with corpses, he will shatter the chief men over a broad country. David wrote Psalm 110, and it is a messianic psalm and prophecy declaring that the Messiah will be a priest. And this psalm also continues to affirm that he will be a warrior king, who will judge the Gentile nations. Proverbs also has a reference to the Son of God in Proverbs 34, who has ascended into heaven and descended. Who has gathered the wind in his fists. Who has wrapped the waters in his garment. Who has established all the ends of the earth. What is his name or his son's name? Surely you know. Dash in addition to the above, the Messiah is going to be the Son of God. D. The Prophets. The Prophets are full of prophesies, types, and references to the Messiah. I've included a few below. Don't forget the fulfilled prophesies of Jesus in our study of prophecy in our MAPS acronym. It may be a good idea to go back to the notes for class 1, session 3 and look at a few more specifics. Isaiah 7:14. Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign, Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will name him Emmanuel. This verse is often read at Christmas, and rightly so. With this prophecy, there was an immediate fulfillment with Isaiah's wife and children, but there is a future fulfillment from Isaiah's time. This is a reference to the virgin birth of the Messiah, who is God with us, or Emmanuel. This means the Messiah will be more than a man, but it is a veiled reference. Think about it. The Jews were monotheistic. How could one born of a woman literally be God? This would have been very difficult for them to grasp, but they still tried to figure it out. Isaiah eleven two: 2 The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. This is an important verse for many reasons. One is that we see the Trinity in Part A of this verse. The Spirit is spoken of, the Lord is spoken of and then there is the hymn. We know Him to be Jesus, but it was not as clear when it was written. Isaiah 53 5-6 But He was pierced, wounded, for our offenses, He was crushed for our wrongdoings, the punishment for our well-being was laid upon Him, and by His wounds we are healed. 6 All of us, like sheep, have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the wrongdoing of us all to fall on Him. This powerful chapter refers to Jesus, His earthly ministry, and His crucifixion and death on behalf of sinners. This is also one of the suffering servant passages in Isaiah, that points to the Messiah. Just like the Passover lamb, in this text, the Messiah will be killed or offered as a sin sacrifice on behalf of sinners. There are many more prophesies about the Messiah that I encourage you to study and have included some links at the end of this class session to help you see those. But these set the tone for the Messiah, who He would be, what He would do, where He would be born, and what His purpose would be when He arrives. E. The Intertestamental Period. By the time of the New Testament, there was an expectation for some that Messiah would come. They understood the prophesies, and many Jews were very weary of the oppression of Rome over them. Within the 400 silent years between the Old and New Testament, many traditions and views about the Messiah developed. There were views that Messiah would suffer and be victor, but some wondered how that was possible. One view that developed is seen in the Essenes within the Qumran community. These were Jews who left Jerusalem and the temple because they viewed what was taking place there as compromise and corruption. If you recall, these were the ones who copied the scrolls known as the Dead Sea Scrolls. One view they had was that there would actually be two messiahs. One was a suffering messiah, or messiah son of Joseph. This was because they understood what Joseph pictured in the other biblical texts about the suffering servant. Another messiah would come as the victorious messiah, or messiah son of David. He would be the warrior king who would defeat the Romans, usher in the kingdom or the promises God gave to them in the prophets, bring peace and the Messianic age. Another aspect of this was that God would send a righteous priest, like Aaron, and a righteous king, like David. These were not the dominant views, however. Information from https://weekly.israelbiblecenter.com/.love and hated Qumran/. Probably the main view was that Messiah was going to be like one of the judges, or King David and free them from Roman bondage. The Messiah was not necessarily a divine figure, or deity himself, in their view, but a powerful leader who acted as God. Many Jews were looking for was the one who would be king and rule, and not die. This is seen in other Jewish writing and rabbinic writings prior to and after the first coming of Jesus. One example is the Psalms of Solomon, written in the 1st or 2nd century BC. It states. 21c, Lord, and raise up for them their king." the son of David, to rule over your servant Israel. In the time known to you, O God. 24 To shatter all their substance with an iron rod. To destroy the unlawful nations with the word of his mouth. 25 It is warning the nations will flee from his presence. And he will condemn sinners by the thoughts of their hearts. 32 And he will be a righteous king over them, taught by God. There will be no unrighteousness among them in his days. For all shall be holy and their king shall be the Lord Messiah. 35 He will strike the earth with the word of his mouth forever. He will bless the Lord's people with wisdom and happiness. 36 And he himself, will be, free from sin. In order, to rule a great people. 1. Application, while we know the Bible is our main book, we as Christians need to understand, read, and do some research into the other writings the Jews have within their history. That doesn't mean we uphold those books as coming from God but it does help us see the development of thought regarding their theology and views of the Messiah and other topics. Application Don't put your cultural or Christian views into the minds of the Jews during Jesus' earthly ministry. They had a very different understanding and different expectations of what their Messiah would be. For some of them, it is not surprising that they misunderstood Jesus at first. For others, yes, it was completely lack of faith. For our world today, there is a lot of misunderstandings about Jesus, the Bible, and Christianity. Be patient with people when you talk with them. Some, particularly those who may come from another religion or Eastern philosophical background, may not get it at first. Take your time, pray for them and present Jesus in all His love, and glory. A lot of history took place in those 400 years and much of it impacted Israel in some way. Because of these things, their views of the Messiah, though based generally in the Old Testament, were still not cemented into one view. This was one struggle within the New Testament another struggle is that many Jews wanted a Messiah who would overthrow Rome and bring peace. This brings us briefly to. F. The New Testament. I would recommend that you read the Gospels when you can, or at least read Matthew and John. This will give you a good summary of who Jesus, the Christ or Messiah was and is, but also some of the reasons that the religious leaders were hostile towards Him. Yes, most of it was because they didn't want to lose their status and influence in the eyes of the people but it was also because of some of the presuppositions they had about the messiah but another reason that the judeans a specific group within judaism and israel often translated jews in the bible was that god put a veil over their eyes so that they could not see jesus as their messiah because of their unbelief and sin this was a judgment in part from him upon them because of their continued rejection of what he told them for example mark 14:60 to 65 and then the high priest stood up and came forward and questioned jesus saying do you not offer any answer for what these men are testifying against you? 61 But he kept silent and did not offer any answer. Again the high priest was questioning him, and said to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? 62 And Jesus said, I am, and you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power, and coming with the clouds of heaven. 63 Tearing his clothes, the high priest said, What further need do we have of witnesses? 64 You have heard the blasphemy, how does it seem to you? and they all condemned him as deserving of death. Sixty-five and some began to spit on him, and to blindfold him, and to beat him with their fists and say to him, Prophesy. Then the officers took custody of him and slapped him. Though the Jewish priesthood and high priest at this time in history were puppets of Rome, the religious leaders were in charge and spoke on their behalf, and on behalf of the people. Thus, their rejection of Messiah was national and not just personal, which is the way that Jewish thought is regarding leaders, as leaders go, so goes the nation. It is very sad when you read the Gospels in particular, but if you know your Bible, and particularly Paul's writings as to why this happened, it makes sense. Another example is in Matthew 22. Starting in verse 23, the religious leaders came to Jesus, asking questions. This would have been acceptable in that day. Even though Jesus was considered a rabbi, a religious teacher, without any formal training, they wanted to ask him questions, at times to try and trip him up. While at other times trying to see what he would say about a particular topic, Matthew twenty-two forty-one to forty-six. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question. Forty-two. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. Forty-three. He said to them, Then how does David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying? Forty-fourth. Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Question mark. Forty-five. Therefore, if David calls him Lord how is he his son? 46 No one was able to offer him a word in answer, nor did anyone dare from that day on to ask him any more questions. Jesus puzzled the Pharisees and others with this question. Why? Within Jewish thought, in the ancient world and patriarchal societies, a father would never call his son, Lord. A son may call his father Lord, out of respect, because it means, Master or Sir. Jesus knew that the people expected Messiah to be the son of David, but with this one question, Jesus stopped the religious leaders in their tracks. Why? Because David was calling the Messiah to come, his master, which means that David's son was greater than he was. This means that the Messiah had to be God. But while the people didn't necessarily expect the Messiah to be God, Jesus is very clear. He is. There is one more topic I want to briefly discuss. As stated, the promised Messiah will fulfill three offices in the Old Testament, prophet, priest, and king. Within the nation of Israel, the prophets spoke for God to the people. They warned the people of God's judgment for disobeying Him and breaking the Mosaic Covenant. They foretold of the restoration that would come because of God's faithfulness to Abraham and David, and the covenants He made with them. The priests spoke to God for the people, offered sacrifices required under the law. They also became the teachers of the law in Israel, particularly the Levites, Nehemiah 8 1-9. The king was to be God's representative on earth, in Jerusalem, leading, guiding, providing, and protecting the people as a just leader. No one in Israel fulfilled all three offices. Moses and David came close, but only Jesus fulfilled all of them. I want everyone to watch the following two videos that highlight these offices. Video 6, https colon slash slash u slash and 0k, Jesus's prophet, priest and king. Video 7, https://u2.b/lbrblqxm4, Jesus the Royal Priest. Application: Sadly today, most Jews do not believe in nor accept that their Messiah has come. They have and continue to reject Jesus as the Christ. Some have come to faith, and more are believing and will believe. But this reminds us of how we need to be equipped to proclaim the gospel of God's grace to the Jewish people. Be aware, you will encounter some hostility from some. I remember one time when I was in Israel with a missionary, and some of the comments and gestures towards us as the gospel was shared. The Orthodox also have ways of interrupting the presentation of the gospel. But there are those who want to know, and we need to pray for the Jewish people, be ready to show them from the Old Testament how Jesus is their Messiah, that he has come as the suffering servant and Lamb of God who takes away our sin when we trust in him. We also need to be able to tell them, and others, that he will return as the warrior king to set up his kingdom and fulfill the promises God made to them. Dash. 1. Israel Bible Center, Lord Messiah Free From Sin, Israel Bible Center Online, Home Page Online, Available from https colon slash slash weekly.israelbiblecenter.com slash lord messiah free sin slash, internet, accessed March 30th, 2022.